And we're live! Welcome back to a, another episode of Tin Street Hooligans. That's right, this is a normal, standard, conversational show. Uh, we're not trying to play any games with you. We're not trying to make you guess anything or impress us with your magic knowledge. No, we are just talking about uh, magic cards and maybe magic cards that we shouldn't be talking about. More on that later, but let's go around the horn. I'm your host, John Dunning, and I am joined by... My producer, Johnny Slivers, the producer. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> <laughs> what? Okie dokie. Pixie the kitten cat. What's up, dude? Hi. I'm so excited to talk about my favorite card in standard right now. Boo. Oko. Oh, no. Uh, you know, the best way, I think the best way to get viewers in here is we all start tweeting how wonderful Oko is. <laughs> like, right now. Yeah. It, I mean, it is It is kind of the basic thing to to uh, complain about Oko, right? That's that's the obvious uh, thing. Yeah. It's right. honestly getting real obnoxious. Can we people just shut up about it? <laughs> what, about how bad it is or how much they love it? How bad it is! All right, all right. We'll get we'll get to all that. We'll get to, let's save it. Let's save the vitriol for a little bit. Uh, it looks like we already got some people in the chat that uh, Pixie is already uh, calling a bitch. So perfect. Come on, come on over to the chat, ladies and gentlemen. Our co-host will berate you. Uh, no, it like, was only Efren. Oh, only only Efren. Okay. Well, thank God for that. No one else in chat. We all like curse at our friends. Yeah. Yes. Well, Jim. Well, Jim's here. But let's go around the horn. Yeah. Do we have special guests tonight? Of course. What are we drinking, folks? Red wine from a box, of course. Oh. Just the usual. I'm back on my tomatin, uh, but this time we're drinking it on ice. So it's my cheapest one. It's fine. Right. <laughs> okay. I have some uh, Gamay, uh, what, what is it? The uh, Gamay Noir uh, Zéjus Blanche. Uh, or, or Beaujolais uh, from Georges Dubois. And that is a nice uh, kind of a dessertish wine, even though it's more on the, the dry side. It's a French wine, oh. more like a table wine. Um, and I'm going to enjoy this while I can because Trump is raising tariffs on, on uh, French wine. So cheers, everyone. Cheers. French wine, too? <laughs> yeah, so it's all French wine. So he screwed us on French wine. He screwed us on uh, all the red Spanish wine, but but uh, white wine from Spain is okay. Uh, what? Yeah, it's it's so stupid. But no bubbles. Like he he wants to make sure that everyone's drinking mimosas. Uh, so it just sucks. But whatever. That's a whole. I, I'm such a wine person, and it just that affects my business directly. So thanks, thanks, El so, Presidente. And then Italian cheese and. Yeah. Whiskey from Scotland. Gotch. Yep. Yeah, it's, uh, but I mean, nah, I got nothing. <laughs> All right, well, um, yeah, let's get, I guess we could get right into it. So there's so much that has happened since the last time we had one of these conversational pieces. There's been numerous yeah. sets, maybe perhaps if you ask uh, who you ask, uh, too many sets came out, which I think uh, uh, Kristen uh, from, um, oh, what, what is it called? Uh, Hipsters, uh, Hipsters of the Coast. Yeah. Yes, I haven't gotten the whole article, but I started getting into that. And mm -hmm. She had a fantastic article about just kind of too, when is too much is, is enough. 
Uh, and I feel like and a lot of people are feeling that. I, you know, I don't know. Um, I'll ask you guys. Do you feel like kind of excitement overload yet? I mean, especially after that. It was already a lot, right? And then we got that that commander, um, the command zone video announcing like all the. We're not just gonna give you new standard sets, kids. We're gonna give you commander sets too. Oh, like, you mean the announcement of Commander the Gathering, the right. year of all the commander of the. Hi, you liked four pre-constructed decks, and then four of the reprinted anthology decks. Well, guess what, kids? You get twice as much of everything, because. They can? Right. Because we'll keep going. Right? Well, I, I have a th I have thoughts on that. You just go ahead and let me know when I can start throwing those out there. Go for it. <laughs> I, think, I think Wizards had this probably in the pipeline, but I wouldn't be surprised. And I'm just speculating here. I don't know contacts at Wizards, but I wouldn't be surprised if after the Brawl decks sold out in literally seconds... Um, and then they did their math and figured out the people who bought those were commander players. That gives them an opportunity to go to Hasbro and say, hey, guess what? Commander players drive sales for other formats. So now, along with standard sets, you have commander decks showing up. So commander players are going to buy those pre-constructed decks, and then they're going to want to get the on-theme cards that are from the other sets. And the standardness of or the commanderness, and it's... it's yeah. It's it's mad. It's a madhouse. It is a madhouse of consuming as much product as they can. They can. They've been building it up. Mm. So, you know what happened with Brawl? I think was basically they could be like, "Here's our weather balloon. Did it work? Yep. Okay, ship it." If they needed to dial things back, they could have. Like if the, if Brawl completely flopped, nobody wanted to touch it. Commander players didn't want to touch it. They could have just as easily said, we're going to tweak our release on some of these products. And then they would have had two years worth of Commander decks ready to go. So, you know, technically. Uh, but I imagine they had it planned. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if that, that brawl was like that kind of like reassuring themselves. Like, okay, yes, this is the right track to go. I, okay, first of all... I'm not really into Commander, so I personally don't feel like it's been overload because I don't follow that part of the game. Um, as Efren said in chat, I'm interested in drafting a Commander deck. Mm -hmm. That will be really interesting and really different. And what is that going to be like at all? That'll be fun, though. Yeah. Maybe? Yeah, I mean the the variant uh, like draft formats like um, conspiracy is a ton of fun. It can be a ton of fun. Um, it and it's not. I, and I'm not complaining that. Oh my god, they're making me draft commander. My like my two favorite things basically. It, it's not that. It was. It's. It just seems like one thing after another. It was an extensive spoiler season. Like for some reason, it felt like they we never had a breather as far as spoiler season went for the past oh, couple months. But it's, on, it's still ongoing, honestly. Sure. But like, still... They haven't been releasing more sets than they've ever released in a year, so what's the difference? I think it's a little different because before it, they always kept to the three block and then had the, uh, the core set to kind of bridge the gap, and now 
they're kind of doing these big one-offs like an Eldraine, like that it's just an Eldraine set, and that kind of bridges us into the next thing. In Dominaria was kind of the same thing. It was kind of its own thing, but when they do that, they could release more constantly rather than just, okay, we're dropping these three uh, these, these three sets for this block and then you have to wait, you know, and that, that's going to be your spring and then we're going to do a summer and then we're going to do a fall and that's it. No, we could do that. We could do like war of the spark was a, a three, a three set mm -hmm. block. Right. So then mm -hmm. so you could do that, but now you could also plop a set like Eldraine there. And then we're going to go to Theros and I don't, I don't even remember is Theros a single one-off or is that going to be a, a collection of, I think it's a one-off. The last I, I saw it was, um, I think Theros is in January. Mm -hmm. Ikoria is in spring. And then they go to Corset. And and after that, I think it's a Zendikar. I, I might be getting those mixed up. But sure. the, the, four, the four standard sets coming up will be Theros, Zendikar, and then this new one with the behemoths and, base, you know, probably Kiora... Or something like that. The Akora, <laughs> Kiora. <laughs> so, but they're not releasing yeah. any additional sets than they've ever released, right? I don't. Well, know. I mean, when we're talking about standard, that's one thing. But then you you expect they'll probably release either some you know something in the ballpark of a master set, a a brawl not a brawl set like a battle bond set or a conspiracy set like. Those will be another thing that come up that are not part of the standard cycle, and then right, got... but, but they've still always done that extra stuff too, though, right? They've always well, done a I commander mean, they've thing. Been, they've been building stuff like this. This whole thing with commander feels like they've got they're kind of filling in a few spaces. They're piggybacking onto standard sets as well. It, it just it, there's a lot, and they're catering. They're probably trying to cater to the biggest audience for their products as they can. So it's like, and it's funny because, you know, we're going to be talking about Pioneer and the ban list there. Uh, after Pioneer was announced, people like went for it. It mm -hmm. went nuts. Within yeah. two weeks, they had an updated PNR list. They had, I think, SCG changed a couple of their events from Standard to Pioneer because people are so fed up with the Standard environment as it is right now that they're mm -hmm. jumping ship, taking their Standard cards and just going back a couple of years into the card pool, which, because of the way the print runs have been since Return to Ravnica, it's there. You know, it's not nearly as astronomical of a price as, say, Legacy. But, yeah, you're going to pay a bit. But even then, a lot of these players playing Standard right now have probably played in the last couple of years and may, in fact, have had a number of the pieces that they needed to build the decks they wanted to build. So Pioneer had the player base there. They just needed to make it a format. So I think that's where a lot of that popularity is coming from because people still were sitting on some of their old cards. So yeah. that's that's what's going on. That's why they're they have five three major events coming up starting in January, and then you've got people like you know groups like Star City Games. They're already jumping on board with it and getting their events up. So that's that's impressive. Like and they, the thing is, well, well, the thing is, like PK said, she's like, well, I'm not really affected by the commander stuff because that's not something that you usually take part of however it feels like it's a lot of design space and a lot of work for watsy to keep cranking these cards out i mean magic design i wouldn't say it's finite or you know but it kind of 
comes to a point where you're not going to run out of ideas, but you're going to run out of really interesting things. Like, not everything could be Avengers Endgame all the time. You're going to have to... <laughs> or yeah, if you try true. to force it, then you get yeah. cards. And this is a good segue to why we all kind of gathered here in the first place. Cards like Oko or cards like uh, Field of the Dead or... Mm. Or cards like Smothers, uh, 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 Smuggler's Copter or uh, Emmercool. When you, like I said before, when you ban, when you have to ban the, the 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 main antagonist of your storyline, that that's really bad. And I think that we're seeing more bans now. We haven't seen this many bans as, as as far as like the last couple of years since like back in like old Mirrodin days. Uh, it's we're getting to a point where. <laughs> It's just like we could expect a ban or two or three every single set. And that, that just feels like it's a little too much. And I feel like, and then you look at something like Pioneer, and I, I feel like it should have been the opposite, where I think they should have released it with at least a 20 to 30 card ban list. Because now we're just playing with people's wallets, and I don't like the way that they're doing this. No, I, I'm not on that page with you for that one. I think... I, you know, I had, we had, I, after, after, let me stutter the sentence out here. After our last Supreme Verdict where we had Aaron from Term One Thoughtsies, I think it was after the show, we briefly discussed the Pioneer format a little bit. Um, I, he, you know, we don't, I, I get where he's coming from, where the, what I'm about to say doesn't make us for a sustainable format, but I still like the idea that Pioneer could be kind of like a safety valve this place that broken cards that are printed in standard for the purpose of selling a set can go there and still be played and have a place to go. But I think the biggest problem you had with some of these standard bands is that you you take this powerful card and suddenly it's no good anymore and then people try to take it to a format like Modern but it gets outperformed, with exceptions like something like Smuggler's Copter. Smuggler's Copter was a, what well, I think, a two-drop, easy to easy to operate, went in every deck. So, yeah, whatever format it could find a legal home in, somebody gave it a shot, and there was some level of success. But when you were banning, most of the cards in Standard that got banned didn't necessarily have a place to go. So I think because of where they're starting Pioneer, because they got rid of the Fetchlands, which... I, I believe may power down Delve more than some people feel it will. Um, I think you, you have an opportunity to bring new ideas and stronger cards to the market for a short period of time. And for, I know it feels like an eternity for standard players, but two to three months is not very long in the realm of Magic the Gathering. So, yeah, okay, a card like Oko might break standard for two or three months. Fine. Once they finally ban it, it has a home to go to in Pioneer where those players can more easily transition. So I wouldn't be surprised if Wizards does take Pioneer and use it as this opportunity to create more busted cards for Standard. Maybe not Legacy level, but strong enough to warp the format, even break it, but let it play, ban it, and then send it off to you know run amok in the Pioneer format. That's my take. Did people expect Oko to be banned with the banning that just happened yesterday? I, I think people are. I think people are screaming for the banning of Oko just because it's in every single deck. 
even if it's just a one of a sideboard. If you go off uh, the rules and the and the precedence of why to ban cards, Oko definitely breaks all those, uh, or or qualifies for a banning. Then, if we're just going off of precedence, then Oko should be banned. You, I'm gonna defer to you though, PK. Like you probably play more standard right now than both of us. Like how um, how strangling is this card? I I mean honestly I. I find Nissa Who Shakes the World to be way worse than Oko. Like, if if Nissa comes out, I'm just like, oh, I, I can't win this game. If Oko comes out, I'm like, can I get rid of him? Because I can still come back from that even if he's out for a while. I don't know. I I don't like him. I don't want to see him come out, but I'm not like immediately like I'm out when I see Oko at all. I don't play him, but I, I I don't know. Should he be banned? I don't know. I don't, I don't think so. How, what's the casting house on this who shakes the world? Five, mm. right? She's a five drop? I think she's a five drop. Is she? She might be a six drop. How much does Nissa who shakes the world cost? I think... I'll have to look it up. I should get a website up here to look it up. But I think one of the... One of the I think one of the big things working against Oko is that its casting cost is a big one. We we go through the history of magic and some of the more busted planeswalkers that have ever existed are in that three CMC range. So yeah. that that that's makes a difference. The fact that Oko is in green that you can ramp out you've got options yeah. for ramping things out. I, I don't know standard that well, but I'm imagining are people making the goose work? Are they really is that a thing? Like yeah. Yeah. Out goose, they can turn yeah. to an Oko, yeah. and then yeah. turn something into an elk. So, I mean, you yeah. can turn you can turn to a Nissa. Like like Nissa's five. She costs three green green. I honestly find her way more impressive than Oko. Well, I, you got to look at the th- the history, like you guys said, of the three casting cost planeswalkers have always gotten up to that point. I think like. Liliana of the Veil was I th- pro- arguably the most powerful planeswalker ever printed. A lot of people will say Jason Mind Sculptor, and you wouldn't be wrong, and you wouldn't be 100% right. I, I feel like um, when Liliana of the Veil was in standard, she was pretty format warping for what she did. Um, however, uh, like, and even Baby Teferi is pretty... <laughs> format warping or, or at least was you know i think that yeah you really have to be careful once you get to that three casting cost especially in in blue and in green because uh, because of the ramp and yeah. i don't know it's just uh it does all the like if, if one thing was different about oko i think it would be it wouldn't be as egregious if it was just a damn minus then i don't think it yeah. would be as broken and as is it, it- is his plus one the one that makes the elk? He doesn't no, have a his... minus. His, his, well, his minus is the is his ultimate. Oh, so he's he's all he's all he's thumbs all up. <laughs> yeah. Well, his plus one makes a food token, right? Yeah. His plus one makes a food token. Um, I'll have to look him up because I don't play him because I'm not an asshole. So <laughs> there's that. What do you say about standard players? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, his, I'm sorry. His plus two is create a food token. Plus two. His plus one, target artifact or creature, loses all abilities and becomes a green elk with base power and toughness of three, three. 
minus five exchange control of target artifact or creature you control and target creature and opponent controls with power three or less. So honestly, you don't really see the must the minus five that much. Because if they're just you can only swap they, with a creature with power three or less. So like why would you do that? So what are they doing? So what are they doing there? Are they is they're it mostly creating a lot of food tokens and is then they're turning food their food tokens into the elks. And even if they're not turning food tokens into elks, they're getting these food tokens where it's just grinding out time they're like buying themselves time right so it makes a lot so is it because oko's broken or is it because oko's actually dragging games out and people are getting tired of these games that take forever is that something that's happening uh... or is it about is it all about the elk <laughs> i think it's all about i think it's all about the elk it's just a combination i mean pretty much when people see oko they're like well, i'm I out and I mean, and the whole thing is, uh, ar the key word is artifact or creature. So you could turn a non-artifact creature into you. You could just turn your your mana rocks or whatever into uh, three threes. You know, you could you could turn the ginger mm -hmm. brute into a three three elk. You know. Oh, yeah. this is got an interesting point here from uh, Copper Corky. Here is uh, if it wasn't if Oka wasn't overpowered, the vintage and legacy community wouldn't be calling for his ban and restriction. So that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's the other thing when Oka is doing that. That's an, that's another argument against Oka. So really, I guess Wizards is just keeping them in standard as long as they can, just so they can ensure they sell those packs. Well, it, well, it's another thing. It's like he's kind of the <laughs> face of. Uh, he's kind of the face of the set, right? Uh, well, you know, I think that Garrett was supposed okay. to be. But, like, people keep saying that as if that's yeah, a reason to not ban Garrett. him. <laughs> See? <laughs> I didn't, I forgot he was in the set. Exactly. Okay, first of all, it's Garouk. Oh, no, no. <laughs> yeah, Garouk? oh, yeah, 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 yeah. How do you yeah. hang up on someone, Johnny? You're assault? <laughs> Is it Garouk assault? Yeah. No, no, Okay. First Bounce of all, we're person. talking about a fantasy creature. Do you want his name to be Garrick? Or do you want his name to Garrick be Garouk? one of my fantasy creatures. I don't know. I've been I've I've managed to get through my my meek little life at Magic the Gathering saying Garrick, so I'm gonna stick with that. Well you'd be right, so it's <laughs> dumb. It's dumb. It's dumb and I hate it. It should be Garrick. <laughs> that should be the correct pronunciation. That's what well, I'm saying. Okay, did you have a point or were we just no, okay, my point was... <laughs> my point was... Okay, people keep talking about, like, he's the face of the set, as if that's a reason to not ban him. But, like, what? It's a Why? reason to well, not ban him until the sales start to drop off. Okay, have no. you ever seen a Batman movie? What if they're just, like... You sit down and you're playing and you're and you're in the theater and there's no Batman in your movie. No, not the same. That's a terrible analogy, honestly. That's horrible. <laughs> wow. That was the worst. The it's the worst. You can't even take a character out of a movie, John. Why? That's what. That's why I'm living. No. <laughs> Anyways, uh, so yeah, it's just I feel I don't like to see bands. I like to see answers printed. But again, once we're doing the when we're now that we're in the world of um, one offs, uh, you know, just like single domin like anything that was printed in Dominaria, you didn't have a set coming out later, and it's not like that's that's really how it happens anyways because Wizards 
makes sets, you know, year, like two years in advance or whatever. So whatever it is, it is. I, I think they leave certain flex spots open, if I remember correctly, to be able to put out fires. But sometimes it's just it's just too egregious, and I think that this is this should be a really exciting standard because. Anytime that you have a Ravnica set at all is usually the best, is when standard's at its best. You have Shocklands, everyone's super excited about, uh, you know, just playing in general. But then, like, last time, then Theros kind of followed it up. And it wasn't, like, a complete full stop where everyone's like, oh, you know, we just went from Ravnica's Disneyland to now everyone is, is you know, dressed in the same color <laughs> and devotion. And, and it is kind of a weird dichotomy, right? Like, why... I understand trying to make uh, refresh the the environment or refresh the uh, the standard um, format, uh, whatever whichever one you're playing, right? So yes, what, what's the antithesis of of, of rainbow colored set is a monocolored matters set with with Theros. That's what they did last time. It didn't go over too well, uh, but it's it still was okay. And this one. You still, it, it's kind of like that. Like, I feel like Eldraine is a little bit more multicolored centric, but it still is pretty heavily relying on the, uh, on monocolored stuff. And it just doesn't feel like it, it mashes or it meshes well with, mashes, mashes well. Oh, yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> with the, with the one in, in front of it. So I don't know. Yeah. It, they, it, it, uh, plus, again, another thing, and uh, then I'll shut up is that it's, like the man, like the mana itself in Eldraine is a rare beast where they didn't have any dual lands, and that's always yeah. that's always gonna hurt Watsi as far as financially releasing a set. So like hell, they're gonna ban the, their money planeswalker too. Like who would open packs if well, you don't have dual lands and then you then you ban Oko? Uh, I see. I don't know because when it comes to when it comes to Eldraine, well, let's say let's go back to the first Theros. When we're talking about that first set from Theros. I really feel like that was a deliberate power down. What they, I just when when we went from Ravnica to Theros, all I could help but feel was like everything is costed at least one mana more or two mana more than like this card's awesome if it costs one mana less. I want to say like right there were, though, Johnny, because was it a power down? Because it, when Theros came out, the whole format warped to Theros. Everything so, became mono blue devotion, mono black devotion. Ew, well, they went through their monos, but like that, it just it felt <laughs> they had to mono, me, but yeah. it it felt to me like Theros became a set. We it was coming off of the like Zendikar was a peak of a major power creep. Um, then you had New Phyrexia at the tail end of the Scars block. You got into Innistrad, which was the killer draft set, and Innistrad had a lot of power. And you had Liliana, you had Snapcasters, you had you know you had Faithless Looting. You you. Had, and then you got into Ravnica, and that was a solid set. So you had this strong, this this line of really strong sets that we were coming off of in Standard. And then when we get to Theros, the tempo it felt like like you said you went from multicolored centric kind of builds to here's your mono colored whatever. But you look at if it was maybe great for drafting, but it I honestly felt like it was a power down. It slowed games down. It brought that kind of it really you had power cards, but I felt like it brought the tempo down. And then it was peppered with all of these like set specific mechanics that I think there were eight unique mechanics that came out. So it was kind of even loading ready run joked about it in one of their shows where they was talking about all the different mechanics that were available in Theros. 
So it it really seemed to kind of I felt like it slowed things down. And then when you get to cons and you get the fetch lands, things get into they they things shift again. So I, I think when we get into Theros next time, we're going in with a core set that is from what, what I've been hearing is solid. M twenty is, is a solid core set. What do you mean um, from what I've been hearing? I I don't play. I have I haven't bought M twenty. <laughs> I, I play Commander. It's so good. I, yeah, I, that's the there. You're, I, I'm not saying it's a bad set. I'm saying it's a good they even set. even had a card that needs so, to be banned. It's a, yeah. So, yeah, so when you've got the core set's getting a card banned <laughs> because it got broken, you've got Eldrain that you've got people like Ari Locks and Turn 1 Thoughtseize talking about how it's almost on Saga level. Like, not necessarily Saga. It's up, getting up to Urza Destiny level. They have to put it in power rankings. They're saying... They're saying Throne of Eldraine is getting to that level. Like, I saw that tweet. I looked at that little conversation. It's like, well, God, I, gotta, I guess I need to go get some Eldraine because I hadn't bought any at that point. So, you've, you know, Eldraine's putting out numbers, and it's a power set. And they go into Theros. I hope they kind of they know how to balance it. I don't know where I'm going with this anymore. Well, first, I've lost my well, train of thought. Well, well first off, I just want to say uh, I'll agree with you to where uh, I'll concede the point that Theros was more parasitic like a Kamigawa was, but I don't like Kamigawa was, was powered down. Kamigawa needed to go through years to really kind of breathe like a fine wine and become a, a good commander set. But it was miserable as a standard set and as a draft set. Uh, it, they were, they were commander style cards. It was very slow. Um, where Theros, it's it was a complete tonal shift as far as like Rakdos, you could you could literally do anything in Rakdos. What the hell in uh, Ravnica? Rather, uh, I really liked uh, Rakdos in Return of Ravnica, but um, okay. in Ravnica you could be you could do you could play however you wanted to do. You could play uh, control. You you had a perfect blitz that you had Naya Blitz going on. You had all these things and every and everything was relevant. You had a you had a, 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 a Junk Reanimator. Now I can't remember what junk is called. And I have the thing right here. Abzan. <laughs> Abzan Reanimator. I like junk better. Um, but, hashtag, the, add it. Junk um, Reanimator. It was, uh, it, it went from that to, okay, now we're just playing, now we're playing Battlecruiser Magic, whether that be Heroic or Devotion, or it was all so on rails uh, that you that you kind of had to play these things because the two sets didn't play well together because the strongest parts of RTR were the things that rotated out because Innistrad was such a great complement to it because black red uh, vampires and, and black red um, mm. well, well it was Mardu aristocrats and black red uh, mm. zombies that was just such a crazy thing and then the the addition the infusion of Ravnica really put those things over the top where it's not like that now. It, it almost is like Ravnica should just be gone because you can't really, it doesn't really gel with Eldraine. However, it, and you know, I'll stick up for Eldraine a little bit here. Uh, I think Eldraine and Theros are going to be really nice together because they kind of have, at least from um, what I know about Theros and, and what I have ideas about where they're going to go with the direction of the new Theros. I think that those two uh, brands are really going to gel together. And then, uh, unfortunately, when, when you're making Ravnica look like the outlier, I don't know if that's that's the uh, route you want to take. Oh, maybe I'm... they're doing that on purpose, too. They're, they're, they're like, 
Ravnica, obviously, with the three sets of the most recent installment, were meant to, like, be a storyline. They're mm-hmm. a part of, like, that whole thing is designed to be its own thing. Yeah. Maybe that makes sense. Like, after the core set, Eldraine and Theros do kind of mesh better together, and they're designing it so people will have your Ravnica decks, and then you get into the newer stuff, then the Theros and Eldraine combos are going to start putting up numbers, and maybe they're going to start taking taking some of the market from, from the Ravnica decks. That's That might be a thing. They might be doing it on purpose. Have you guys looked at this? My mic was uh, muted that whole time while I was eating. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay. Have you guys looked at the Theros spoilers? That like the actual spoilers? I I mean I haven't. Are there actual? Wait. Are we? Are they spoilers or previews? They're actual spoilers. There have not been any previews yet. Okay. I have looked. I'm not going to talk about them because I know a lot of people want to wait until there's a preview season. I haven't looked at it either. What I can I can tell you, just like Mount Man Magic, there are lands. Uh, they are bringing back islands, so you know we can start talking about how we need to get those banned. Damn! And, uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> we really do. Um, and and yeah, it's. Uh, I think, I I think they've got a great opportunity with what they're what I've seen, um, but it's it was only like a smattering of things, so yeah. it's not like a, I don't. There's not a full picture there. If like you want to go dig it up and look at look at look at it, there's there's some hints at what we can expect. Um, it's but they're doing that the one thing that you remember when we went to Kaladesh and they had a few cards with a whole lot of language on it, but you're like, that that's affinity. That's that's affinity. That's what why didn't they just use affinity? They did it again. That's the Uh-oh. one thing I'll spoil. They did that again. They <laughs> took an ability that exists, but they did not use that keyword, keyword ability. They they did the long longhand version of it. So you know, that's just a pet peeve of mine. I don't know why Wizards does that with any set. It's just, I don't know. That's a thing. Um, also, I want you all to know, I opened an entire box of Throne of Eldraine, and I did not get one Oko. Oh. I'm really upset about that, because I'm pretty sure that card is worth, like, $60 right now. Uh, send it back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sending, it back. I'm sending it back. I'm taking it back to the game store, and I'm gonna be like, "No, I didn't get an Oko. I don't want this. Take it back. I want a different one." <laughs> uh, yeah, tell us how that goes. Yeah, we'll see. So well, basically, like- so basically, you spend probably over a hundred dollars, and your box is worth like ten, then because the money card was even in there, and there's no lands to kind of supplement that, and that's what I'm saying. It's just like. If you're not, and this is why. Well, no, it wasn't worth ten. I got like, I I got like two or three of the royal scions. Sure. Um, I got a lot of the storybook art cards. So yeah, I didn't um, get the money card, but I got those a lot storybook of cards. cards. The storybook art. Oh, those those are I love those. I, yeah, I, the ones that I got they are, are just. Oh, great. I'm being yes. facetious, of course, but uh, that's why I think that things like this, I'm glad that they did, they didn't go full um, masterpieces again, right? But they did do, or expeditions, but they did do a, a, a switch up with these storybook cards, and I think that was a great idea. Uh, I, I will absolutely give them credit where credit's due, and I think that's, especially in a, in a set that you're not going to have, uh, you know, a huge smattering of money cards and no dual lands uh, cycle, then you definitely need to do something to supplement the the value of your purchase. And I well, think that I, they did I wouldn't that. be 
Now, the dual lands they offer are uncommons and common dual lands, right? No, the there are no dual There's lands none. in Thorn of Eldrain. No. Zero. There's nothing. Ooh. There's wow. not a dual land. Not one. But it, when, we're thinking, when we're talking about well, when we're talking about standard, we're also talking about um, you've got Shocklands in Ravka, and then we've also got yes. we have temples in M20, right? There's some temples available. There's so we've standard still has a lot from Enemy from draft temples, Yes. Wait yeah, a second. From from draft in a draft perspective, yeah, that's the, a pain in the, the butt. But from standard, there, yeah, there are Skylands. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, there that's are Skylands. Are there ten um, or so, just enemy colored? Is there all ten? No, it's only I the enemy colored, right? It's all ten. I'll bet you the other. You know what? I'll bet the other t the other five show up in Theros. Of course. I wouldn't be surprised. Of course. Yeah. yeah, that's right. The Scrylands, yeah. So, and just for, like, more context on the uh, the history of bannings and stuff, like, I, I want to, and I'll probably put in the show notes once I once this is uh, uploaded, There, there's a couple of great resources. There's the Mark Rosewater Drive to Work uh, podcast, who you heard it, you basically hear it from the source, uh, go over the entire history and the, the early... Uh, bannings and, and restricted. Some of them are real funny and real wonky. Like Ali of Cairo was banned because he has the the uh, you can't lose the game clause. But he's like, uh, he, I think he was a two and a red for like a one, two, nothing in Arabian Nights, a red creature. Whoa. Excuse me. And so, yeah, it, it was. it's just funny. Like go back and, and the other resource um, is all the Nitsahone magic. Uh, he does a whole series of, of uh, history of ban restricted. I think he did one video for Aetherhub back in the day, but then he has since re uh, rebooted the entire series on his own channel. So, if you're inclined to, if you're like a historian, like a like a coach or something like that, and you want to know the <laughs> history of all this stuff, there are resources, and those are two fantastic resources uh, to go back and and check out. Um, but yeah, it's just like. Just to circle it around with Oko, and then we could kind of move on to something else, is I think that if we're just going off of history's sake and the precedent out there and how format warping he is, I, I think that it definitely requires some attention. I, I think that Teferi definitely required attention from Dominaria as well. Oh, yeah. So, Ooh. But, but here, so this is another segue. To, to kind of uh, broaden out the scope a little bit, uh, someone, I think it might have been MTG Card Market, or someone made a, a funny tweet, like a, like a parody tweet, saying that yes. the new ban and Restricted came out and all, all Planeswalkers yes. are banned. And it's just like... That was, that was fantastic. I think, that's, I think that's warrant, that warrants a little bit of a conversation. Like, just think about uh, back in yeah. the day, the inception of Planeswalkers and how just magic warping they have been usually when there is a a, a, a bad character uh it, it usually comes from the planeswalker spot what do you guys think do you think that what if they just took planes what if they did the thanos snap and all planeswalkers are gone from pioneer would that would that make pioneer more attractive or less attractive for you guys to play uh for me more attractive i don't like planeswalkers I'm so sorry, Soren, but I don't like planeswalkers. I, I just, I just think they add 
an extra level that isn't necessary. Like I just I I don't like him at all. I feel like uh, I for I think pe- people at Wizards have even discussed how at, you know in hindsight Planeswalkers were oh, who was talking about this? Somebody talked about this that Planeswalkers were mistaken. It was somebody from the company. I want to say Planeswalkers were a mistake, or that they were. I don't know. They they there was discussion. There's been discussion about their role in formats and and how they they are they're problematic, um, yeah. especially in the earliest days where there was very little. There was very few. There were very few ways to interact with them. Mm-hmm. I remember when I first got back in the standard. This is shortly after Zendikar. Planeswalkers had been out for a couple of sets at that point. There was no real clear clean way to deal with them. You either needed to attack them directly. Or you needed to say, I'm going to cast my lightning bolt at you and redirect it at your planeswalker back when you had to do that kind of language. Um, but it wasn't like there was... You didn't. You couldn't cast murder or go for the throat on a planeswalker. You, there wasn't, like, unless it said permanent... Things that said destroy target permanent became super relevant because it could address a planeswalker. As time went on, we got more cards like that. It, it got made things better. But... Very early on, there was very little interaction with them. They were they were problematic, and I think there's a lot of people out there that would be very happy to play Pioneer if there were no Planeswalkers. But then, that's like taking a big chunk of strategy out of the game too. That's a that's a tricky one to handle. Yeah, it can't be called Pioneer anymore. It wouldn't be Pilgrim. It would be like Blackfoot Apache because we just straight up murder those fools. But, no, I mean, <laughs> the chats are like, I, I could say that because I am, uh, like, 15% Blackfoot Apache. But, anyways, the chats okay. actually uh, it came alive. I, like, Eric Williams says, says uh, said how many people were saying that back in War of the Spark. And that's, I was. That's a compl- well, yeah, and that's a complete – and I was as well, uh, a fair point. Um, but now – now that we have more sets come out, it, it's not just when the set drops, how does that affect everything at the moment? Sometimes mm-hmm. it takes time to, to really break open these these things. Like, I don't think anyone could argue that that uh, Baby Deferi is a, a good magic card. It's a it's way too powerful. I think, like uh, PK said, like Nisa uh, from, from that set, uh, there, there's a huge uh, problem there. Um, hold on a second. D- is it Nisa or Nissa? <laughs> That's what's yeah. happening tonight. We're going to yeah. figure out pronunciations yeah. on all the magic cards. Yes. Nissa. Okay. I like to call her Nissa. Okay. Thank you. So yeah, it's Nisa for the win because English. No, no, uh, but it's actually Nisa. Nissa. It's actually Nissa because of English, though. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's, I'm conflicted because I don't call. I don't call the automobile Nis- Nis- Nissan. I call it a Nissan, but it's spelled <laughs> Nissan similar. Nissan is not an um, is not an English like American automobile, though. And maybe so, neither is Nisa. But, she's Zendikarian. Get that. Maybe shit she's Nisa. But <laughs> why don't you go to Zendikar and and walk okay. around and be like, "Where's Nissa at? Where's Nissa? everyone's gonna look at you like a basic ass bitch Nissa. and tell you to bounce." Okay. <laughs> Take your okay. pumpkin latte and whoop, whoop, whoop. Get out of here. Okay. <laughs> no, I have no idea. Okay. No, it's fine. You know, it's fine. <laughs> Everyone in the chat is like, definitely not me, so. <laughs> <Yeah>, okay. <laughs> I'll, still, I'll still die on the hill of Gar- Garuk is on fire. Uh, no, who else had a good point? I, I think uh, uh, Ted, 
had a good point too. I think planeswalkers are good. They're just too common. Uh, more so now than like that comment aged well, right, Ted? It's just like after wow. oops, all planeswalkers uh, came out. But I, I think that they, I think that if they did it, which I didn't think they should have, they did it in a in a pretty good way, uh, where with the whole uncommon planeswalkers, uh, mm-hmm. they didn't make them too crazy. I know that there's some. Um, I know that there's some hubbub about Narset, the uncommon Narset being pretty powerful yeah. in eternal formats. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, oh, another another three mana Walker. By yeah. the way. You know what? Those people, those rich people, just don't like when when the powerful cards are uncommon. So just keep going. You know. Yeah, they, yeah, they want them to be fancy right, and expensive, yeah. and they're just like, oh, uncommon. Oh, I can't play with that. I don't want Ugh. this next to my full. <laughs> First edition of... Because it does the job. It's all about whether or not the car can do the job. And that's the thing. Like, another another thing with Planeswalkers, you know, we go back five, five, six, seven years ago, Planeswalkers were at that mythic level. Unless you had that disposable income to go and buy those singles. Or you could buy, you know... I, I knew some people that were... They were mathematicians and they did the math and knew exactly how many packs they needed to buy to get their play set and they buy literally did the calculations no figure out you buy 4.78 booster boxes of the set and you get your play set or something like that it was ridiculous oh my god (laughs) you know Um, when you're a more casual casual player and you're not you don't have necessarily disposable income or that foresight to know, like, look at a set and be like, I need to get on these cards. Yeah. You get it to the standard format, and then suddenly you've got these decks running these powerful planeswalkers, and you're trying to run a budget builder or strategy that doesn't lean on those or doesn't have access to those. And the play style is very, very different. Now, when you've got uncommon planeswalkers, everybody's got access to a planeswalker. They can have that play experience, and that was probably a great move on Wizards' part. So players who didn't have that massive income could still be like, yeah, I got this planeswalker. I'm going to play with this planeswalker. And in their very little niche situations, they were useful. Unless they were Narset, and then she was useful everywhere. Yeah. But, you know, it was kind of, I think it was kind of this way for them to give everybody a taste of the Kool-Aid. Now that everyone's there, there's like, who's got to, there's, you know, there's the, you're coming down off of that sugar high, and yeah, there's, there's too many planeswalkers. Um, I I want you all to know that the first magic cards I bought, I bought a deck builder's toolkit with like cal- it had like Kaladesh and um some of the Innis- the Innistrad ones that came out around that time. It wasn't the original Innistrad. Uh, uh, shadows, shadows shadows over Innistrad and Eldritch Moon and I opened a Liliana the Last Hope. Ooh. And I didn't, like, I was like, I can't play with this card because I don't know what to do with it. I don't understand it. And so I never did. Wow, that's a good card. Yeah, that was my very, that was my Planeswalker experience. And I was like, I don't know what this is, so I'm not going to play with it. <laughs> did, did, you, did you figure it out? Did you keep yeah, it? Yeah, I figured it out and I sold it. I sold it on Card Sphere. The best place <laughs> to buy, sell, and trade your paper magic the gathering cards, mother... Um... So I did put out the Twitter. Huzzah for obligatory plugs! <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, but yeah, I did. I did put out a Twitter poll. It got a, 119 votes. So it's of course not like 
even a, a pimple of the community, but a, a good litmus Ew. test of uh, just people's reactions. And it just frankly, I asked, should Oko Thief of Crowns be banned? We had 71% yay and 29% nay. So it's not like I'm, Ugh. you know, here on my little curmudgeon rock. And I know that Magic players like to complain. Uh, I'm. What am I talking about? Like, how dare I? Uh, no, but... You know, but so it, it's it's a popular opinion that I think that that you know bannings suck, uh, especially the cards that are supposed to that are supposed to be pushed and are supposed to matter. But you're not supposed to warp entire formats or multiple formats around a card just because you can. Yeah, but also I think bannings are. I think there's also a lot more outcry over this too. I I think the. The attitudes and the feelings about cards by the Magic player base in general have shifted. Like when, when Jace the Mind Sculptor was in Standard, I I played that briefly. That I think that was the one time they did a ban. But that was there were powerful cards there. There were cards that there wasn't. I don't know. There wasn't as much outcry for cards being banned. Like you either got the card or you didn't, and you figured out how to work around it. It doesn't seem. I just feel like a lot of Magic players today. They there's they don't have the patience for it, or they just. Yeah. I think there's well. Also, let me just kind of like I recognize that we also live in a world that's much more digitized. Yes. In 2011 and 2012, formats were weren't getting broken quite as quickly. We didn't have a you know MTG Goldfish and TappedOut.net was still a new, you know just up and coming kind of thing. You had to wait so, for that duel list. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, that was the nineties. Oh, um, the, damn, what? <laughs> that's when I was but, playing. <laughs> the, uh, but when uh, when when you look when you kind of look at the pr- the progression of the game over the last ten years, you definitely have this uptick of new data being made available. You can go to MTG Top Eight, or I forget the actual website, but it's like Top Eight MTG. Um, and you can figure out what formats are playing what decks and what cards are making it into the top decks all the time. The information is there. Like, we crack these formats in a matter of weeks. Pros do it in a matter of days when they put when they actually focus on the format. So I think the outcry for the bannings are backed up by this data. And I like what, I like what Wizards is doing with Pioneer. I like that they started simple got rid of what they knew would be a problematic card for Delve, so they got rid of the Fetchlands, which is something they don't like anyway. And then, now we've added three cards. So there's eight cards banned. And I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to them taking their time to go through this process of collecting their data, getting to some major events. Like, they've got MTGO, let's go to the major events. What happens there? And then, really curating this list to be, not as opposed to what they did with Modern, where it's like, here's your ban list right out of the gate. It's like, why? It wasn't necess- it wasn't necessary. It's was kind of like this hyper reaction. They're waiting to see what cards that were broken in standard actually stay broken in Pioneer. And I feel like I've been a little bit of a playing devil's advocate because I'm it's not like I'm poo-pooing on more sets. If they're good sets, if they're if they're cool stuff then and it's all cool stuff until it's proven differently, right? Like even when they do flub up like with uh Brawl p- putting it on a digital format or platform then it's a then it's a, a rock star now the fact that i can only yeah. play it on wednesdays okay F me, you know right? what but i have an opinion here i have a strong opinion i think you're the r arena expert so you should definitely 
do that. Okay. First of all, Uh-oh. didn't ev- yeah. First <laughs> of all, didn't everyone hate Brawl? Yeah. Like in the recent past. So the commander players, yeah, commander players no, looked at that. Ask simple question. Commander players, literally everyone hated Brawl. They were like, "This is stupid. We hate this rotating commander format. We'll never play it. It's not going to work. No one plays it. We can't go to our LGS and play it. We hate it. Mm-hmm. We hate this format." Then, okay, Arena's <laughs> like, "You know what? We're going to try this genre. out. We're yeah. going to try this out." You know what? We're going to give it a shot. We're going to try it out. It's going to be available once a week. We don't have any other event that happens once a week. No, it's it's just all random. There's a schedule. There's a calendar. Mm-hmm. But we're going to let Brawl happen once a week. So everyone who hated Brawl before, now they hear about it coming on to Arena once a week, and they're like, oh my god, this is the end of the world. This is the freaking Armageddon. Let's just freak out and bitch on Twitter like five times every day about how upset we are (laughs) that Brawl is only happening on Wednesdays. When, first of all, it's not only happening on Wednesdays. You can play any day of the week, any time of the day, if you direct challenge. Anytime you can Which literally brings... play it anytime you want, and if you're gonna if you're gonna get on here and say, "Well, I don't have people that I want to play with," make make a freaking Facebook group, make a Discord group, make a MySpace, all, all of make it make a mm, MySpace, MySpace yes. of all the other people who want to play brawl all the time, just like you, right. and direct challenge them all the time. Yeah. Okay. So you people. <laughs> Who were yeah. complaining you hated Brawl before it came to Arena. Now you're complaining about it being once a week. Like you you're you're gross and I don't like you people. <laughs> okay, first off you first, 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 first off, that was that was brilliant. Uh, Thank you. Okay, so I, I don't I don't disagree. I don't necessarily disagree with anything you just said, but I will oh. add a little bit of clarification and clarity to to some of it. Uh, brawl. No one wanted brawl on paper because brawl on paper is a stupid idea. Because it's it. They should have no. Okay. No one wants the the point of why commander is great because it is a non rotating. This is where you could pour your whole heart and soul out. You don't have to net deck. You can net deck. You can go to great websites like EDH Rec. You could do all these things. Uh, where you could. It, it's so malleable, and that's what makes EDH so great. So when Wizards is just like. Okay, boom. Uh, we're gonna make EDH, but it's gonna be ro- it's gonna be a rotating thing. Everyone's like, no, no one wants a standard EDH. Like that's why people leave standard, go play EDH, because some people can't afford to stay on the tr- on the rotation train. So and and where you know I don't have a million dollars, so I can't go play modern legacy or uh, or vintage. Uh, so I could go play. I could go buy these giant like stupid cards that come out every set that have no other place or no other home other than commander. So that's why, you know, that's a big appeal for that brawl. So brawl just on face value when it was paper only just looked like a wizards of the coast cash grab. And it absolutely was. I don't think that even they were, they could really argue that point. So the, but what they should have done uh, is save this thing, knowing that, I mean, when they released Brawl, I think, what, last year, 
in paper form, they already knew Arena existed in some form mm-hmm. or another. Maybe they didn't yeah. know it was going to become what it has become and kind of taken over Magic the Gathering. Um, but they should have held this and be like, okay, we're not going to give you EDH Pure. Sorry, not sorry. But we are going to give you this thing that is as close as we want to it, and it still gets you excited to go out and buy packs because you're just going to be playing with new cards because it's rotating and this, that, and the other thing. I think that's what they should have done. Not be like, here's Brawl. Everyone hates Brawl. Okay, we're taking Brawl away. We're giving it back. It's awesome. Oh, we're going to take it away because we just want you to draft and, and spend money. You know, I, it, yeah, it's they're not. It's an access thing. It's like they were had arena coming out, and they first announced brawl, and basically they're like standard players were on their standard thing, and then here's your singleton format, and they're like, what did what do we do with this? And they <laughs> they were, is it wasn't their mode, and then the players who Everyone are playing singleton. singleton. And people love Singleton. That's yes. why you've got such a huge EDH community. Which we no might paper have... Singleton. No one's gonna play that shit at the LGS. They're, they're okay. De- okay, that's a is a regional thing. You're gonna have people come. Oh, by the way, uh, Highlander. Um, there's <laughs> the, there are Highlander communities around the world. You've got the French. There's a French Highlander. There's okay. a mainstream. Dexter. Mainstream people still play but Tiny even... Leaders, but I'm you know. It, <laughs> right, but I even I think you'll still see people playing Canadian Highlander with much more regularity over something like Tiny Leaders. Sure, it's just that there you had a stand. The standard players weren't necessarily interested in Brawl because that wasn't their mode. The Commander players weren't interested in because they're not interested in non rotating in a rotating format. Right, and and but when they finally start, if it's something they wanted to support. <laughs> They should have made sure it was available on all the platforms. They they kept it out of the park with those brawl decks. Like they made the brawl cards, the primary commanders, actually playable in commander. Right. Which was which was a slam dunk because you already have now you've got EDH players that are like, I love these cards. These are awesome, and they synergize with other cards in standard. So you're bringing EDH players back into standard sets, not because not to play standard, but they're interested in the cards that are coming out. It gives them another access point. Not that they weren't already looking at the new sets, but just keep them engaged. And then, if you want people who are playing Arena to be interested in Brawl, you do keep it up on the site all the time. Just leave it there. I'm. It blows my mind. I'm confused. It, it is. No one, no one would there. do anything else. No one would do anything else. Be, no, except, no. except the pros. Or the people the that are trying to make a living on streaming. I like drafting way more than I like Brawl. And people would... But people, different people have different things that they're interested in. Yeah. If you don't have consistent access to the format, how can you expect them to support it? Like, how can you expect them to support... Pioneer and historic, and let's the, the the plethora of formats. We we basically have a million formats in the set in the, in Magic now, because they're con- they're adding more. We've got you remember historic? Does anybody else remember historic? I heard about it. No, but <laughs> no one's touching it because now there's Pioneer, and that's kind of taken the wind out of standard sales. It's just like I never understood why they didn't keep formats available all the time on arena that was one of the things that lost me on arena i was sick of standard i wasn't going to buy i didn't feel like putting that kind of money into it and all i wanted to do was play some casual singleton but i couldn't because 
reasons. I don't no, know. Because the reasons are money, and the reasons are they want standard and draft to be king, whether you're doing – that's what they could monetize the most, whether that be in paper that you are basically using Arena as a platform to practice to go be a pro or to uh, go – and get you excited about cracking packs in general or to draft because they could monetize on paper or digitally the same. I you know, believe. I, I have I have a counterpoint to that one. I know it's not okay. the fast way that Wizards wants, but when I played Arena for the brief stint that I did, I had opportunities to see cards in action, even if I wasn't playing to climb the ladder. If I had continued having access to... Even just the free entry-level singleton formats, just the casual stuff, and still had an opportunity to have access to engaging with those cards, I would have continued having an interest in getting them in paper. My interaction with Arena led me to purchases of singles that I wanted for my EDH decks. And it's not there anymore because I got bored with it. Because the formats weren't there. Because they didn't keep all the formats accessible. I understand there's a money component here. They want to make sure that draft and standard is the king and it's making them their money. Good on them. Fine. Don't throw away the entire bathtub. It's like you... I don't, it just didn't make sense to me. And I got bored with it. I was like, ah, that, 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 not interested. I don't have time for it and I'm done playing against decks that I'll never be able to. Like, the pairings always sucked. I was They lost my interest because I didn't have options. Give your players options, and they will stay. And then they will go out and buy your paper product. It's gonna, there's, there's this interaction. With Magic at the Gathering in the online format is unique in that it is directly linked to paper. I, you don't you know, I agree with that. They were the first ones that there was the first one that did that. You have the similar situation with Yu-Gi-Oh and Pokemon, but when you go to Hearthstone, it's not there. When you go yeah. to some of the other digital games, it's not there. It's just it's it's they are linked. As much as they want to get in on the esport action, they still have paper, and the paper still makes them money. There should be constant like the access should be there. And some versions should have the play, the pay-to-play versions, and then there's the other ones where keeping people engaged with the cards that will still sell packs. It's like they don't like that money; they want this money. It just it blows my mind. I I think Arena is still growing and evolving so much. Like they're changing it all the time, and they've heard everyone bitching about how they want brawl all the time. So I'm sure. I I am confident that they will add it all the time. Like I'm confident. Well, and and Pioneer though. What, what, I, why, I, why I come honestly out? believe they will add Pioneer to Arena eventually. But that but that would be a really huge undertaking because they don't have all of those sets in the game right now. But I honestly believe that's probably something that they're working towards. I think that adding something like a pioneer would be a lot easier than adding something like a like a pure EDH and probably and I agree with you probably will happen before we yeah. would get just like straight up you know four on four or you know or like four person commander on arena. Um, I, I don't. I, I unfortunately don't think that will ever happen. I think that they they will do some kind of an offshoot. I think they'll make a uh, uh, they'll window dress Magic Online up more to add some some nail polish to it and then make it look a little bit more like arena but it's never i don't think we're ever going to have pure uh edh yeah. on you, what pk 
Um, okay. Have you seen that one of the updates that they want to do to Arena is to make, um, like, your, like an eight-person draft? Like, you get eight people together and you, like, you manually draft an eight-person draft on Arena? That's an update they want to do in the future. I think they should, and I think that they should. That'd keep, be fine. I think yeah. that they should keep bot drafting though as well. I think that. Yeah, bot, yeah. I think yeah. they want that to be an option. Like bot if you bring a pool together and you have eight people and you want to do right. an eight-person draft, you choose to do that with specific eight people. Like a direct challenge type deal. Right. Like, yeah. Right. And, and I think uh -huh. that I think that's a great idea, and I think yeah. it's a I think it's a good idea. I like that bot drafting exists because it is entirely different experience with drafting it's very different very for different. sure yeah yeah but it's, I, but it's good I, I i would even argue that a newer player should start bot drafting before jumping in with with a, a bunch of like you know really? seasoned vets i like human drafting way better i always do better in a human draft than i do with a bot draft Okay. I'm like I'm I'm considered I consider myself a new player. But I but like the bot drafting is it's like not easy. It's weird. Like you don't like you it's, you can't tell what the bots are drafting. Yeah. If they're like actually well, it's it's manic, right? They're not yeah. operating like a human. I don't think so. Like I don't think they're actually I don't think they have the bots set up where they're actually like picking cards based on other cards that they've picked. Right. Like it's 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 really random. I think it, it does to a, to the extent that a computer can, uh, you know, I don't know where there's so much like you're playing when you're drafting that that's part of the big allures to drafting is and delimited is there's two you're playing two mini games or three mini games rather you're you're drafting is a whole skill by itself picking what what to pick and then constructing you know making something out of that and then the actual games of magic and that's why it's such a deep thing when you're when you're kind of changing the dynamics of that in such a different way. It's not even really draft anymore, but it is still. I, I still have to say it's still quite enjoyable. Uh, Sometimes I don't know. I, I always feel there, there's always that like crazy pressure um, to just always get it perfect and, and, and correct when you're when you're drafting with an actual human pod. Then well, you know if I there, just wanna... wait, what? There's crazy pressure to get it perfect <laughs> when you're drafting with humans? Like how could you ever get it perfect? Though I I think so. Uh, you, are you being facetious? No. <laughs> I'm not like I like I like okay, so I haven't drafted a ton with real people, but whenever I do, I like it feels really easy. Like, I feel like, oh, this is the card I should pick. Go on. But when I'm drafting on Arena, I'm, like, agonizing over the card. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God. Like, I could do this one or I could do this one. I don't know which one to do. Like, this is a good option. Or, like, I might see this again or I might not. I, I never feel that way human drafting. Well, yeah, okay. So let me specify. I feel like the, the lines... And, and what's being drafted are definitely more defined in a human draft where the, 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 the tell, like, especially if you're drafting with people that are more experienced or whatnot, yes, you, you kind of just like, oh, by the, by pick four, you're like, white's not open, red might yeah. be wide open. And, and that is, you're right. That is more kind of pronounced, uh, it, where the, the bot drafting can be more manic. And, and like I said, yeah. neither of them are, 
I, I don't know. I would have to say human drafting is better than, than bot drafting, but I think that there's a place for both, and I like that they both exist, so I hope that they don't put the gibosh on either of them. Yeah. I think that I think they want to do both. They want to have both available. Like, if you just want to go and do a draft, it's going to be a bot draft. But if you want to go and, like, you have eight people to do this draft, you all sign up together to do this draft together. That's the goal. <laughs> Sorry, I'm, or, laughing, I'm laughing at King of Jink. He quoted me and said, you've never seen me in a draft. <laughs> 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 he is he is the human uh, version of a bot draft oh god that's awful <laughs> and, and sometimes I, I have had some of those people that just draft to watch the world burn that are just obviously just like oh no uh i i can see what's open so i'm gonna completely you know go no, against the grain just just to throw the table cool. that's how they get the rocks off and then they have this weird pile of cards but they're just like yeah. laughing because they ruined the whole experience because <laughs> Everybody else has this other pile of cards that's disjointed and busted. Same and never that plays so Warp bad. World in an EDH deck, you know. They, they exist. <laughs> oh my god. Excellent. Yeah, I, yeah I, you know, I also, the other thing I loved about Pioneer the immediate shifting to MTGO. Like, people who were Pioneer had this huge the people got into it they were brewing everyone who played modders like yes they got into it some of the stand it, it was just like and then there's leagues in in mtgo it's like oh look remember that website that for that that platform that was you know dashed mtgo is dying and there it is brought back to life <laughs> by pioneer it was like <laughs> in two weeks they had data for bands it was insane yeah. It was crazy. I, I blew my mind. It's like it, the money that they, they don't they don't want to believe that the money's in, in the eternal formats. Yet here we are, Pioneer proving it. EDH, the year of EDH, and everything that they're printing. My God, there's so much. I can't even. We're getting kind of swinging back to that overload with all these different <laughs> products coming out. Insane. I I mean I'm thrilled. I'm I'm a wash in EDH product. I was originally just kind of like, yay, I'll buy my pre-cons. That's my purchase for the year. Done. Nope. Nope. Hell with that. And it's just going to, I can't, I don't know what the finance people are going to, I'm sure they've got their plans and they're fig they figured it out already. But my God, whatever, if you've got like rares and uncommons that are in that really cheap price point, take a look at them again, because in the next year, I've, we're, I think we're getting to a point where Magic will have found all of the solutions and nothing will be under $2 because it has a home. <laughs> like, yeah. anything that's a niche card that does this weird thing is going to find its buddy in the next couple of years. And we're just good, basically, we're going to be playing Magic will be the most expensive card game in the world because there's millions of formats and every card has a place. It's nuts is it not already the most expensive is there more is there a more expensive card game than magic oh no i don't think so. no yeah no i, I would was, be shocked if no and in fact you know what for and that's the other thing this is going to be pricing magic is going to continue i think to price people out of its out of, out of the game and i'm going to make a plug for another game um which We've had we've had a guest on here. Pappy Popper's been on here before. He was all about Keyforge. I had an opportunity to go to. I was 
you know, the place I work, we had a gaming convention there. I was wandering around, came across, you know, a learn-to-play table of Keyforge, and they were explaining it to me, explaining what it was about. It's a Richard Garfield game, and for just to... This is the most important part about Keyforge. For Magic players out there who are thinking about exploring another Garfield game, Keyforge has literally millions, over a million unique deck lists. They print out the deck list for you. Your deck has to match the deck list. You get an, an individual, like, the cards, and the card backs are unique. Everything is unique to that deck, so you don't just trade a card. You can swap decks. You can trade decks, but that's it. And is ten dollars for a deck? I blew my mind. Like I still like I'm a magic player. I'm still gonna be a magic player for a long time. But I just kept trying to wrap my head around that because it was like you basically you collect a hundred decks over time, and that that's your collection. And you just they've got different formats and all that stuff. If you're like, as magic gets more and more expensive, and if you're looking for cheap alternatives, and you like. What Richard Garfield does for work, like for design, check out Keyforge. Like that was, I was really fascinated by that. Um, um, I haven't gotten any yet, but it's a neat idea. Who's Richard Garfield? <laughs> yep. So Richard Garfield, and this was is our last game... show, ladies and gentlemen. No, <laughs> he's the uh, uh, Richard Gar- creator of Magic: The Gathering. Yes, oh. he is. He he is the game designer that. Put it like made it all happen. Um, designed the game, the baseline, like alpha, beta, all that stuff, and got the game started. And I believe after a time, he got out of the game. Uh, you know, Mark Rosewater and Aaron Forsyth have gotten involved, and they're they were really taking the reins. But he's been a consultant for the game for yeah, many many people have been at the helm, and it's uh, he was the creator of the game, and he's been a consultant for Hasbro for a number of years. He is still, you know, he's kind of like. Um, he orbits around the game. He's not necessarily directly involved with it at all times, but it, they do bring him back for occasionally. Like he was on, I think he was involved with the the production, like design for Dominaria. Um, he had a direct uh, direct hand in that set. Uh, so they, they bring him, him off the bench like whenever they just like yeah. are in a slump. They're just like, uh, we're kind of in a weird spot right now. So Richard Garfield walks Hell. in, designs yeah. Innistrad, and then drops his mic and walks out. Like that's the type yeah, of shit. Oh damn! Yeah, just okay. had a couple, you know, a couple of years. He comes in, just yeah, he does a mic drop, and and then Matt just like revitalization. He's responsible but, uh, for the most, uh, you know, the most egregious card in in the history of Magic, and that's the island. He made the island. <laughs> oh made- God, no! So we already know that PK is not a fan of Richard. Richard, Jr. no, no. Thank you, Mr. Garfield. Down Smiley with dog. that guy. Ew. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. Oh, that's magical. Yeah. This was fun looking at the chat, too, because I, I, I like the feedback just as far as this uh, show has gone so far. Uh, it has been a lot of fun getting back to kind of this. This felt like a very grassroots type show where we're just picking a couple subjects or just one tonight yeah. really, and just uh, kind of uh, talking about it and running it to the ground. Uh, and uh, <laughs> we, we hear, we hear you as far as, or at least I hear you uh, as far as the, uh, the game show stuff goes. Um, but you know, it, it's, 
you got to you got to the, the whatever sells the sausage basically is what we is what we put out there so uh right now supreme verdict has been uh quite uh it's it's been a hit uh, so we're it's not like we're going to stop that anytime soon but these type of shows this is what this show was made from so we definitely need to to keep doing this um so then we'll just cancel D&D and we'll be all right so Oh no! <laughs> Don't tell Zuby. No, he'll be so upset. Someone, someone I mean, message Zuby. D canceled on on Tenth Street. Oh. Okay, so so real quick. Okay, so they're doing um a they're doing like a a random restricted announcement every Monday now. What? For, right? Yeah. 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 Every Monday, they will be doing a ban and restricted announcement. Forever? Until the end of time? Well, no. I think it's mostly because of how new Pioneer is right now. Uh, Because it's going to be from week to week where someone's... You know, some a-hole is is in their basement right now just like, Ah, you're taking away Felidar Guardian? You don't like Splinter Twin, you bitch? I'm going to put in, like... Now I'm going to break this other crazy card and it's going to be, you know, it's going to warp the format so that then you're only going to have to suffer another six days to get that right, oh. that right. Yeah, it's only Pioneer, like Bell. Okay, Tappers. chat says it's only Pioneer. It is only Pioneer, and I think that's the right move. However, I again, I don't like that because, okay, now you're going to put in all this all this cash into this deck and be like, okay, this is my ban restricted list at least for X amount of time like every other format has. Um, Unless, unless they are not, unless they've got some kind of information indicating that they know their players aren't putting this money in, they know that these players already have a good number of these cards in their collection. But you knew Felidar was going to get banned. If they're not going to let modern players play with Splinter Twin, then why are they going to keep the cat in? It's just what's going to happen. Can I, can I, can I, what is it, what is the, what is it in Seinfeld, the, uh, the... Airing of the grievances. Oh. Yes. Something about the yes. so You're gonna say no yes, soup for it. you. The soup. No. The airing of the grievances. I, yes. I think, I Do think it. what they did with Copycat. I wish they did that with Splinter Twin. I wish instead of dropping the hammer on Splinter Twin, they got rid of Pestermite and Deceiver Deceiving Exarch Exarch or Deceiver Exarch. Yeah. Like, and re- the the Splinter Twin combo required you the the way to go is you play a Pestermite, which is a fairy where basically you blink you can untap your your Splinter Twin fairy or a a, or a Deceiver Exarch. So these were these were two creatures that a three CMC casting cost. They were on curve for the Splinter Twin combo. So rather than get rid of Splinter Twin, you just get rid of the cards that basically you could play a red blue Splinter Twin deck. And that gave you access to the counter spells you needed to protect the combo, and that's that was really it was blue. The fact that the combo was blue was broken. So I wish they would have just banned Pestermite and Deceiver Exarch and let Splinter Twin go and play with the non-blue colors, and then they would have been forced to use Breaching Hippocamp, which is a forecasting cost card for the combo, or they'd have to go into white with with the Restoration Angel. Like the casting cost would have been bumped up one. And that might have that would it would have taken it out of blue exclusively. It would have raised the casting cost. Splinter Twin wouldn't have been as busted, and we still could have gotten to play with that sweet sweet card. Well, if you still, but, if you want to do that, just play Kiki Chord. Like you know, 
Yeah, but like what? Kiki, you, you get you get Kiki Corp. That's the thing. I just I still you get all these sausage Kiki things in the damn chat. It's throwing me off. I still I'm still like yeah, Kiki's fun, but then you've got the I like the you just had the option. I don't know. It's the idea that you could do something insane like Splinter Twin on a Sea Trino. Oh, that's that's hilarious. <laughs> but you know that, that's the thing. You like doing things. It. it it became the combo, but all you need to do is get rid of the problem creatures, and the combo could have existed in other for, in other decks. So now you're not going to see the same thing because Felidar was the busted component because it did that blink effect with basically anything. Mm, so you get rid of Sahili Raya, wouldn't have, it would have killed it? Well, I think the, the the explanation was that the Felidar Guardian became problematic with other cards too. Or they ex- that was their expectation. Which That's one? what they were. I, I don't recall there's which no one. There's no deceiver. There's no pest. Which right. one? <laughs> no, I mean seriously, it just wasn't. It wasn't a thing. It was only Sahili Rye. I think that I, I think it was. Um, I think it was Alex Kessler from Masters of Modern said that this time around in Pioneer we should ban Sahili because Sahili is still going to be a problem. Even without mm-hmm. the damn Blinky Cat, like what? What is she gonna? Uh, like, what was he citing as the I thing that know. was gonna Ask break? Ask a real podcast, Johnny. I don't know. Okay, <laughs> I'm just quoting <laughs> someone that Say- I think said something, and I hope it's the right person. Sahili right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But uh, yeah, we got we got about five minutes, so let's do some. Uh, any closing thoughts on? Why don't why don't we get the over under? Oh, okay, what what? I I have a Felidar Guardian. That's <laughs> 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 it. Can we meme that? Someone in the chat, please, <laughs> or make that into a gif. That is great. <laughs> oh, That's it. I'm done. Oh. Okay. Oh I have God. one. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, okay. So before Sorry. I... So, oh, God, here comes a cat. Uh, he's coming to drink my Beaujolais. Um, Yay! Oh, Beaujolais. Beaujolais. I don't even remember what I was saying. Anyway, that's our show. Um, I have a lot... Not like anybody in this chat cares, but I have some big, <laughs> big announcements as far as uh, Supreme Verdict goes, and I'm not gonna say it here, because I think I'm gonna make a little. I think I'm gonna make a little release uh, announcement video, like uh, you know, like a two-minute video, because th- this is. Uh, I think this news warrants it. But the one thing that yeah. I will spoil um, is that we have. I'm gonna be super vague. We have three more matches before this year is over. Um, one of them being the championship match. And uh, there's two others that are just nuts. And then I don't even think I told you guys this. I might have. Um, but that's when we'll, uh, in the spring, once we get the dust settled and whoever wins the belt, whether that be Cat Light, um, Jason, or, or Kessler, uh, mm-hmm. we'll, let, we'll let them enjoy that for about a month. But then probably about mid-spring, we're going to set up a Sweet 16 tournament of one-on-ones. Uh, f- and then whoever wins that tournament gets a shot at the belt. Oh. But I will That's exciting. announce more later. Uh, but yeah, so uh, this was fun, guys. We should do this yeah! more often. Yeah, yeah we this, is, this is almost like coffee talk. This was nice. It's it so great. Like. See, so great. we just got to get rid of Zuby and Coach. 
Well, I mean, we lose Coach for five to six months out of the year, and Zuby's all big tech job guy now. Yeah. So, you know, hey, maybe that's what it's going to be. Cut the sausage. Oh, we, we miss Zuby and Coach. <laughs> Cut the sausage. No, just joking. Uh, no, yeah, well, we're, we're still going to do D&D, and we're still going to have them on here. Just calm your boobs. It's fine. Um, yeah, let's go around the horn. Uh, not – I'm talking about the chat. Uh – <laughs> Johnny the producer. Where can people find oh, you? Oh god, you can find me here. And you can find me on Twitter. Elk uh, sausage. Here. That's the hashtag. Sorry. Elk Elk sausage. And uh, we'll be we'll be out back working on crafting up some elk sausage. Elk sausage. Uh yeah, you can find me here on Days That We Said of the Tin Street Hooligans. You can find me on Twitter at Johnny Slivers. And um Yep, there I am. There you go. All right, perfect. The the pea kizzle. Where can people yeah. find you in your hizzle? Um, so people can find me on Twitch. I'm streaming on Twitch on Sunday and Wednesday nights, and also they can find me on YouTube. I'm making my videos on YouTube still. Pixie kitten plays. That's all you have to search, and you can find me. Also, there's a thing I'm doing. Talk, talk about on, it. I'm going to talk about it. There's a thing I'm doing on November 11th. It's 11-11. I'm going to be on the Magic Twitch channel. I'm going to be streaming. The event is called Oko's Madness. It's Momir's Madness, but with Oko, so everything's a 3-3 elk. So you make a creature, and it's a 3-3 elk. <laughs> is this an is this an unset? This sounds no, like unset. It's a special arena event. Yeah. It's it's like Momir's Madness, but it's called Oko's Madness. Now they're just so every people creature, chasing it. Yeah. Every every creature yeah. every creature you cast is an elk. Yes. That's elk. They should at the next like GP Vegas they should sell elk jerky. Yes. <laughs> So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be playing that event on the Magic Twitch channel on November the 11th from six to nine sure? Pacific time. Uh, I'm questioning that because it's Pacific. Probably. It's, it's eight to eleven my time, Central time. Oh God. So calling out to I work know. the next day on that one, buddy. That that's all I know. <laughs> Yeah, but that's it. That's what I'm doing. It's super exciting, and it's great, and it's fun, and I love it. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, and if you want to talk magic or movies with me, you could do so on this very channel. They said, we said, please go ahead and hit the thumbs up button, share around this video, tell everyone we exist. Thank you so much for hanging out with us in the chat today. Dr. Efren, Ted from Cardsphere, Eric Williamson, good to see him back. Baltan, uh, I know we had Young Corpse in here. Oh, the MM cast, what up? Uh, Kessler and or Ben Bateman themselves are here at the very tail end. I think they run their show at uh, the same time. That's, you know, that's why they have some well, that, numbers. That's and we the don't. popular no. hours. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're great. Everyone go like subscribe to the MM cast because they're one of the people that got me into wanting to be podcasters in general. Um, but I digress. Uh, yeah, go ahead and do all that. Find me on Twitter at Orzov Done. 
And yeah, stay tuned for that announcement video for the Supreme Verdict announcements because there is some hot fire on there. Uh, a lot of people throw out some names. Uh, they're like, uh, you know, any name in the book, like throw someone out. And maybe some of those names got actually listened to. And uh, you might be surprised some of the talent that's coming on this show uh, coming up very soon. But yeah, until next time, I don't, do we have a sign off for this? I don't think so. May your elks be drunk and merry. Three, three elk. Hashtag elk sausage. Three, three.